three, two, one. Oh, yes, Fernando. So Switzerland, yes. Yes. The most boring place. You are saying that it is absolutely beautiful and boring. Exactly. It's. I mean, people here would probably get angry if I tell them that. <laughs> um, the boring part, but it's it's very relaxed and calm place. Uh, nothing happens um, that is striking or like. It's. I, I like it here. Nothing happens. Well, we can. We will be talking about that together uh, together later. Good evening. Good evening, everybody. Dash, core, or that main. We could say main dash entity. Entity. Uh, well, probably the biggest main. It's something to be argued. Yes. We definitely have you the could. most developers, and mm -hmm. probably that makes it a pretty important organization in the dash ecosystem. Um, and we get the most um, funding from the treasury, so yeah, it's we're the biggest one by far. And and we do you still been, do you still have to go through the voting system? Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's yes, that's that's part of the protocol. Um, it will always be um, the idea here is that our funding mechanism has uh, provides full accountability because everyone needs to get funded on an ongoing okay. basis. There is no ICO or pre-funding or anything. So if Dascore Group, which currently does most of the development in the ecosystem, hopefully other development organizations will uh, appear. But if we didn't deliver, uh, it's pretty easy for the network to replace either the full organization or the management of the organization and then uh, make the SIP turnaround. Th there are many ways for the for the network to do that. And that's because we have this fully decentralized uh, system set up. So good evening, good evening, everybody. Um, Fernando, with the most beautiful Twitter handle, as we have found before, pure, simple Fernando. Uh, what does CMO stand for, for those who do not understand? CMO stands for Chief Marketing Officer. Um, yes. Which, again, um, it's also marketing is probably a very, un, I mean, it's something everyone thinks they know what it's about, but marketing includes many areas that sometimes are not considering by third parties. Like they don't think about them when they think marketing, but marketing in reality. Um, usually we talk about the four P's, product, price, placement, and promotion. In, in our case, um, it, it's, it's bringing the product price. to the market. Okay. In in the case of uh, of Dasco Group, on in cryptocurrency, I mean, you don't have price because you don't control that, and you don't sell anything. Dasco Group can't control they, it. Yes, they, they, there are entities that sell cryptocurrency. Mm -hmm. They do ICOs and they sell it. Dasco Group doesn't sell cryptocurrency, so the price is not a factor we work on. The product uh, we have a specific product organization, uh, but promotion we we do and placement uh, in combination with our uh, business development organization yes. basically you need to have your product which is uh, DAS and our wallets uh, available for the users to obtain in the easiest and most convenient way so uh, we focus on that and we focus on promoting and educating the community uh, in cryptocurrency space or in the markets that we target so they can use DAS for uh, anything they need How do you promote Dash? Uh, we have uh, several communication channels. Um, we have uh, social, our own 
blog, we do press releases. Uh, sometimes we work with PR firms. We are not working with anyone uh, huh? at this okay. time. Yes. Um, so basically we do a lot of outreach uh, to, to media uh, to replace that. And then we have our social media, our uh, blog. We have our community, which is probably our most powerful tool. Uh, so we try to keep the community informed and that multiplies your message because um, you really need a huge reach to um, educate and to uh, target the, the market, which is huge. Yes. Because we are targeting final users. We are targeting people who use Dash for something on their day-to-day -day basis. And we don't do uh, things that traditional organizations do like advertising, at least not in um, significant scale. Right now we are doing anything, but um, at all times we've done something, but still it's a drop in the ocean. Our organizations spend billions to uh, push the message. So we need to rely on organic channels. And of those, the community is the biggest one and the most important one, because if they are convinced they will talk to everyone and that spreads the message much better than any other tool we could be using. And how much uh, dash do you put in on monthly base? In how much? How much uh, no, we spend, we spend nothing in advertising. No, no, no what? Well, you still, you have to hire PR companies you yep. have to pay for press release, like no re PR, PR companies yes. we've had in the past. We don't have one right now. Okay. Um, we'll uh, we may work with others in, in future time, so we yes. can sp spend some money there. Um, mm -hmm. Some projects have uh, that are in the ecosystem may be spending some money in pure ads. Yes. Uh, right now, exactly. I. I I can't think of any that is paying for ads right now, but I could be wrong. Something could be missing, okay. could, could not be top of mind, but we haven't spent money in ads in a, in a long time because the budget, I think that there are other things that are more important. You need to take care of uh, other things before spending money in, in ads, which can be efficient, but there are other things that can before you for 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 a proper ad campaign to work you need other things before and we are taking care of those because money is limited and that's fine um, many many companies go without ads but you you need to take care of the other parts so we have first questions coming in and I suppose you can see them already but Fernando I I don't see them um, uh, oh you can see them on the side now that's that's fine I'll put I'll be putting them up but first of all i'll i'll put up my question as you said you like calm no surprises everything and even uh, in switzerland you couldn't hide what happened here um yeah that that was a nice start of the year that was great um, uh, anyone who claims to uh, understand the market, it's basically lying. Um, I can give my my uh, hypothesis, and the yes. biggest thing we've done recently is late in the year, on December 13th, we released um, 
a long-awaited uh, software update that we codenamed, codenamed Evolution. Evolution reality includes several things, but the biggest component was released into Evolve, yes. which is a custom um, testnet environment we created uh, for this release. Uh, that happened on December, December 30th, and soon after that, the market started to pick up. So I would, if I have to wait for something, uh, as delivering something that had taken a little while, it was delayed, admittedly. So I think that made the market more confident on Dash. And then we also had a Bitcoin rally and it probably that thing compounded and things went crazy. And we basically tripled the price in 10 days, which uh, obviously uh, everyone is quite happy about. Um, now we've... Um, We've gone down a little from 130 to 110 or 112. I think it was 109 when you just checked. But it was nice. Uh, it was very nice start of the year. And I hope this is only the beginning of uh, the market recognizing that DAS is a project that has a history of delivery and will stay around for a very long time doing really cool stuff. We have a lot of things. Uh, to be released in the next few months. Uh, that release I mentioned, uh, the Dust platform, is uh, just the first release in many that we're gonna be doing. This is being tested. It's gonna hit mainnet this year. This will allow for developers to build on top of the Dash network and use it uh, for decentralized applications. So that's huge. Hey, that opens are a you... completely different um, audience to, to Dash and, and Wait, wait, new wait, set wait, of possibilities. wait, 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 So you, you just said that Dash is going to allow dApps on their network, on their network. Yep. It's still in testnet. I don't want to overpromise. Right now, you can't do it. You, you just can test some of the components okay. in Evonet. But that's going to happen this year. We are, we, are we are releasing the different components. And okay. it's going to hit mainnet this year. And, well, you, you'll be able to build in Evonet, which is something like a specific testnet because we didn't want to release everything on testnet some partners use it very heavily our partners like Coinbase, uh, and we are going to break evonet a lot uh, because we are testing very new uh, things all the time so we created this second testnet we oh. are um, yes and and we are doing uh, this right now. It was launched on December 30th. There's people testing. Uh, you can create a username in the Dask blockchain and you can do it right now in, in this testnet. Uh, you can uh, send some money to a username, which is uh, awesome. Um, and oh, have you implemented that already in the testnet? Yes. Yes, that's, so, that's so already sending money available. Instead of, instead of X's, zeros, and ones, you are sending them to usernames. Exactly. It's not still implemented in the wallets but it's in the protocol in testnet and you can do that and there are some tutorials in our uh, web page if you go to das.org developers you have there uh, a lot of links and a few guides to our that uh, are hosted in our, in our developer portal and you can create a username you can do several things it's it's intended for developers it's not something for the users at this point but it will be uh launching mainnet and our oh, wallet will have those usernames in the wallet and you'll be able to send money now i can uh, send money now i have so now i have so many questions seriously fernando <laughs> uh, yeah in, in a few months i'll be able to send money to helmuts 
And by the way, each time it will use a different address in the background. In the background, this is still the DAS protocol. But that was the question. Yes. So, so regarding the privacy, yes. Application mm -hmm. on, on, on top of it, you'll be able to send money to a username, and then in the background, both usernames, yours and mine, will exchange keys. Will do whatever it's needed in the in 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 the blockchain. It will look like another transaction, but for you and for me, it will have been much easier. It's uh, because I just know that you are Helmut's at Das Network, and I can just interact with you very easily. And then uh, developers can use that to build other stuff using that. That's, uh, I mean, the wallet is the first application. We're going to launch that uh, soon after the the whole software is uh, in in mainnet. But then there are developers that can build anything. It's uh, think of um, at this very early stage the. The DAS platform provides these name services, and it's like a, a database as a service. You can create your app that works locally, but gets its data, its data from from the blockchain, and then it stores there. It's checked with the uh, blockchain protocol rules, so you can guarantee the integrity of the data. Uh, without trusting anyone, but the application is locally, so uh, you get uh, the best of both worlds. And you can use that for um, supply chain management or for anything really that uses data that is important uh, to uh, keep um, its integrity and that many actors are interacting. So the okay. possibilities are endless. We, we want to release the platform and start working with developers because uh, in the end, they are the ones who are gonna build things. We will build certain applications around the payments uh, case, because that's what we do, but okay, it could so, be used for many other things. The first application for payments, as I said, is a wallet with usernames, but you could create a okay. loyalty program. You could create um, recurring payments. You could do many things that are very difficult with traditional cryptocurrencies. Uh, they will be easier uh, to implement and all could fit into a wallet and that will make the experience dramatically easier. Let's go into DApps, Fernando. Can we? Sure. There are cryptocurrencies that provide the existence of DApps on their network. Uh, they are, in, in my eyes, they are one of the best ones. But there is a huge, <laughs> huge competition. There is. Enormous competition. <laughs> And in order to enter this competition, I, I, I would say you have, you have to be 10 to 100 times better than any other existing environment. Why, why, why somebody should even consider putting their application, building their applications on, on Dash? Several reasons. Uh, first one, uh, our platform uses a standard uh, technologies and languages so you don't need to learn any a new language you can do it everything in javascript which is a big value if you are a developer you are not into blockchain you don't want to learn solidity to test this okay so, with, with so for those who want to so, so for those guys who want to be, uh so who, who who type in uh blockchain uh, blockchain programming they start learning solidity yes usually um, that is Solidity is the language that uh, Ethereum uses, but it's yes. a custom language. It's difficult, and you need to learn a new language. 
with uh, Dash, you'll be able to uh, build these applications using technologies that you already know, like JavaScript, languages that you already know. So okay. you can build everything in JavaScript, no need. So a lower entry barrier, because you don't need to learn anything new, you already know that. Okay. that that's, that's one argument. Uh, second argument is uh, Dash will have in its platform deterministic um, fees. That means that if you are building an application, you know how much it's going to cost. That's not the case with every platform. In Ethereum, calculating what's going to be the fee that your yes. app is going to be paying in gas, it's extremely complex. There's no way to do it. In Dash, you will know for certain. This is going to cost 0 0.001 dash or 0 0.00 whatever. So per, with per, that, you, uh, or per transaction. And I mean, basically, you pay every time you interact with the blockchain. There is a second blockchain okay. hosted in the master nodes for that data that needs to be stored by the applications. Okay. And every time you interact with that, you have to pay a small fee. But we are talking micro, micro fees. But when you are doing an application, you need to know how much those fees are, because if not, you Absolutely. can't make a business case. And that's not the case in other platforms. That's the case in Dash. And then the, the transactions, uh, when you interact with the platform, as I said, there is a secondary blockchain that hosts certain things. And yes. uh, like in the main blockchain, the transactions are instant. So you have no latency. You can interact with the application and you don't need to wait for even 10 seconds for a block to confirm that's too slow. In our case, it's going to be immediate. So um, the experience for the user, it's, it's going to be amazing. So there are, there are some arguments that uh, are in favor of that. Again, it's, a, it's, it's a, you are absolutely right. It's a very, very hard market uh, to enter. So hard, uh, there's, there's a lot of uh, blockchains that provide some kind of uh, application building capability. Um, and there's people spending a lot of money to attract developers to their platform and subsidizing applications. But the reality is no one has built anything yet that has really gone crazy. The only thing I can think about is CryptoKitties. Besides that, Steemit? there is no Stimit, uh, it's 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 its own protocol. That's not really a DAP on top of any protocol, and it hasn't gone massive either. I mean, in Stimit crypto, is huge. come on, it's yeah, it's it still can't compete with Reddit. Well, Reddit yeah, is I, I can, a can in the world. But yeah, okay, I can. If, I can if somebody's it. watching from Reddit, Reddit, you guys suck. You guys suck. Five, ten years ago, you were awesome. You were awesome. Yes, you had lots of horrible, horrible things there. But now, our censored, horrible, quiet, quiet voice, you should die. <laughs> really. And I'm really mad at Reddit. It's it's horrible. Yeah, but in any case, okay, I'll give you that Steemit is, 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 is big. It's... What, I was, what I'm saying, Steemit is not an application built on top of any... The, of any of these platforms, it's its own blockchain, it has its own stuff. Um, what I'm saying is no one has built an application that has gone massive in any blockchain yet. We still have to find a killer use case. I think the killer use case is payments. Uh, 
we all do many payments every day. To me, that's and and it's a use case where you need uh, to interact with other people that you don't trust. Uh, and because of that, a blockchain is important. So in my opinion, the, the thing that really will crack it is payments, and I think it will be us. But uh, other people are building all the type of applications on top of, of different blockchains, but none of them have really um, gone through huge successes. I mean, think about all the things that are being built, and they are all very niche, very fun, very whatever, but even when Joe Lubin, and I think it was um, this famous bet that they didn't do in the end. I think it was uh, Jameson Loop, the, the other party in that bet. Um, he was saying that no killer app would happen in Ethereum in three years. And Joe Lubin said, yeah, let's make a bet on that. And in the end, they could not agree on the terms. But when you heard that discussion, it was because um, they could not agree on what was a success or not. And they were talking a few thousand monthly users for an app for a couple months uh, um, for a couple consecutive months and there should be i think it was like three of them and that happened last year and they uh, there were like two or three years for that to happen and in the end um, they could not agree on those terms because no one could think of any app that had done that and i think uh Bean was not confident that would happen so um, and i think we're seeing that there's um, this betting platform that recently quit the EOS uh, platform because they said it was not ready for pro it was not production ready um, okay. and it was a mainstream company. I think we still have to see um, successes of DApps, and for that That's, reason, yes. I think DAS is not late to the game. It's it's later than others, but this is just starting. So I'm confident we are in a good position to fight for those uh, developers and hopefully find those that are really going to break it, if it's not us, which I think it will with payments, by the way. But, and plus, yeah. you have to do that. Uh, we have money. Uh, well, depends with who you compare us with. Uh, in the blockchain space, we are probably kind of poor. I mean, if you compare us with uh, the big projects, uh, they've raised. Well, okay, let's we, we can compare them. Okay, so Ether Foundation. Yes, they, they are huge. Who else? Who else has got money? EOS. EOS raised $1.4 billion. Yes, but, 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 but they, they, are, they are going after voice. Yes, or voices. Voice or voices. Yeah, they, they, they are doing several things, but yeah. And they've saying, gone mental in paying for that domain name. What did they pay? 15 million? What did they pay for it? Yeah, and they paid recently a 20, 21 million fine to the SEC because the SEC said yes. that what they had done was uh, selling securities and they fined them with 21 million, which for them was like ah, peanuts. That's nothing. Um, so yeah, they. they, they and that's horrible. What, yes. Yeah, that's, that, that's terrible. But um, Tron has spent tens of millions in acquiring companies, things oh, like that. That's crazy. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, but <laughs> I mean, uh, you, sick, yes. you, exactly. Okay. There's a lot of money you in this space. Because it's that, a huge, that, that is the difference. Fernando, that's fighting for a huge pie. Their money, their money has been raised and they haven't earned it. Yep. In Dashi's case, it is money that has come through the transactions. That is actually money earned. 
Yeah, so, and uh, you can. Uh, it's easy to sure spend money that, that you that you haven't earned. It is so easy to to spend it. Yeah, exactly. And we've seen that with a lot of acquisitions, some of these companies have made. Um, yes. They 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 bought companies. I mean, um, Tron bought uh, BitTorrent. BitTorrent, yes. Um, Stellar bought uh, Keybase. Uh, Ripple has bought. I mean, whoever. Well, Ripple, they are in the in the game of their own. <laughs> yeah, they, they, are, they are something different. Yes. Uh, but what I'm saying is we, we have money to implement, but not to yes. waste. And that's good and bad. You need to be careful, but uh, you can do a lot of stuff with our treasury system. And it keeps everyone accountable. And it, master notes make certain that we don't waste on the wrong things. So you said that you will have dApps now. It means additional weight to the master nodes. Yes. Proper additional weight. Uh, what about them? They can handle it. Uh, right now, master nodes are well, master nodes are paid for this. I mean, they okay. don't need to purchase uh, mining equipment like okay. miners. They yes. just need to have a server. Uh, the requirements are going to increase. And now their servers. Okay, yes. Uh, but uh, they will also get the fees from the platform. Those applications, when they are working, they are going to be paying fees. And those fees go to, go, will go to Masternodes. Oh, okay. So they, they, they will get some extra revenue. And even with the revenue they are having now, they are very profitable. Running a Masternode right now will give you around 7% on the coins that you have locked. You don't spend them, you still have your capital and you are getting around 7% per year. At current prices, that's uh, like 8,000, seven, uh, between seven and $8,000 per year. That's a lot of money to pay for servers. You have a lot of resources to keep up with the network. And if at some point that gets difficult, that's a nice problem to have. Too many transactions, too many use, uh, too much use. That that's that's awesome. I I I'm, I would kill to be in that situation. Uh, that won't be a problem. You shall not kill anybody. Well, if it's for a good cause, of course, of course. <laughs> oh, uh, but, I get what you say. Master nodes will have uh, even will be even more important. They will load a lot of the. Uh, they will uh, the new workload. They they will carry a lot of the new workload, but that's completely fine. They are prepared for that. That's what they are designed for. They get paid so they can scale. Same thing with transactions. We always say that's can scale because our nodes are paid. They are not volunteers, so they can keep up with a higher volume because higher volume also comes with higher fees. But they can keep up with it if, if the protocol is used. They get paid for that, and they can. Um, they can increase the specs of the servers and we've already required them to increase their specs uh, in the past and they do it happily because it's a profitable business run you are providing services to the network and they are paying you quite well it, okay sorry it, that that's what will keep happening no problem there. so what is existing situation for master nodes like average requirements the normal ones, not the bare minimum, but um, 
you get me there with the specific requirements. I don't want to uh, provide uh, um, okay. as bad specifications because we've checked a couple of times, but it's not very, it's, it's not something really powerful. It's a, it's a server that will cost you around $10 per month. Uh, so, so, so simple VPSs, yes. Yeah, you, you can do it in a pretty simple VPS. Yes. Um, in fact, you should do it in a, in some kind of VPS because you need reliable bandwidth. You need to be connected 24-7. If you drop, you stop getting paid because you, we need them to be reliable. So I'd say most of them are hosted. I mean, 99% are hosted in some kind of data center. Yes. Um, some people have their own servers there, uh, co-location services, but most people will do VPS. And uh, the cost will but we change from one to another, but I'd say that with $10, you can do it. It's, it's not something super powerful that you need there. How many master nodes have you got? At this point, I think it's like 4,600. There's been a small drop in the number in the beginning of the year when the price has gone up. Yes. When the price goes up uh, with so much volume, like we've seen, there is some changes in people that go in and out. So um, some master nodes sold probably. I mean, you do a three X in a few days and they consider it prudent to do some sales. So we, we saw the number dropping from 4,800 to 4,600. My bet is that it will probably um, recover a little in the next weeks as those people who bought coins build their new master nodes. I think some people go out, others come in the volumes were huge. Uh, in, in, in the days, in the last few weeks, we've seen uh, volumes you, in the billions. You, it's difficult you me, to judge. You, you show me the charts. The charts. Uh, you can uh, share the screen in this case. Uh, the charts, uh, the master the charts? Uh, well, the volumes, the volume ones. The, it the volumes. Be really interesting, uh, if, you, if you can. Yeah, the problem is the volumes. I don't really trust what I see in CoinMarketCap. I only know that it was many times bigger than what we were seeing a few times, uh, a few weeks before. Coin market cap at some point reported, I think, almost 2 billion in 24 hours traded okay. in Dash, which is double any sense. But most of it came from these exchanges that always report such huge volumes. And I don't trust oh, that. They are just reporting things, they're, they're fake volumes, yes. But uh, what I can say, for example, uh, before this latest pump in Coinbase, which is a pretty honest and well-trusted, we were doing maybe half a million to a million a day. And uh, during these last few weeks, at some point, we've been doing uh, between 15 and $20 million in 24 hours. In Kraken, it's something similar, from less than a million to between 10 and 20 million per day. So the volume skyrocketed in, in those very honest exchanges, which information I trust, because if, if we go to any other place, I don't trust the information with many exchanges report. I don't want to go into specific names. I think which, everyone- Which ones do you trust? Uh, I mean, I trust Coinbase, I trust, I trust Kraken, I trust Binance, uh, Binance US. I mean, these well, very well-known ones. Okay. Uh, 
I've been following their volumes for a long time, then I see they are consistent with what you feel when you try to sell something, when you talk to people. But suddenly you see these exchanges with, there is one, uh, I think it's cat.ex uh, or something like that. Uh, their biggest uh, pair is das to tron And they were doing 50 million a day uh, a few weeks ago. That makes no sense. There is no way there is uh, das to tron 50 million a day. That um, these, no these, these are just fake values, uh, just, to, uh, just, to attach, uh, just to get the attention. Yes. Exactly. So I, I, there's no way to know, to have very reliable um, volume information. For yes. that reason, I just check a few exchanges that I follow consistently. And I don't say, I don't mean that these three I've mentioned are the only ones that you should trust, are the ones that I've been checking because I've been using them and following them for a long time. But there are many others that are also honest. I don't want to say only. Yeah, when we do uh, outreach to exchanges, we use uh, some. Um, uh, we, we we try to go to the to the most um, prestigious ones uh, because those are the ones that are going to provide you the real volume. By the way, someone is answering in the chat yes. with master node requirements. More specific, I knew Splowick was going to do that. He's, that is, that he knows very... more about master node than anyone I know. Oh, very good. How many master nodes does he run himself? I don't have a clue, and I would not expect him to answer that. But he, so. he's been working with other people for a very long time. Anyway, he's taking his time to write. But um, very nice. Very nice. yes. But yeah, as I said, there's um, the, the volume really skyrocketed. That's also helped a lot with our exchanges outreach. Um, because suddenly exchanges that were hesitant to integrate Dash, now they are reaching out saying, hey, suddenly you are a hot thing again, and we want to be part of that because we see people are interested in Dash and we want to provide that to our users. So that's been very useful uh, to um, reignite talks that had gone cold because it, uh, people see it's real interest. The last few weeks have been great. And as I said, I think it's because of the platform. Also, other things have got this. I've got these two questions, either to go into something really flattering and cool, and then a different question, not as not as flattering, or or maybe it is good. Maybe it is good. How protected are master nodes? I was just thinking, you know, I Fernando, I truly believe that now Tor Network will have to find a way to get stored on, on, on the blockchain. There is no other way. There, there, is, there is just no other way. All the, all the dark market websites, as at least I hear that, they are just being taken down one by one, one by one. Telegram is trying to do something. Those guys are afraid to post anything in English. As, as soon as somebody posts some, something in English targeting Europe or America, they are being taken down and once they will go let us say some look i, I do i now this is this is a fear I, i'm not familiar with but one website like that so small silk road 
gets published as a DAP on Dash Network. Are you gonna Are you gonna be able to take it down? Do you have to approve it? And your question was. Silk Road goes no. on Dash Network, and uh, that is not a utopia. Th that probably it, not. Probably. I, I don't know enough about how Silk Road works, uh, how dark markets work, and the technical requirements. So Mike Polchis to everybody. Yeah, but basically, I'm I'm not familiar with with the lingo. Yes. Yeah, I'd say I mean it, it's basically a marketplace. You could yes. probably build something on top of the Dash network. Um, there will probably be some kind of uh, that's still in the that, that that's in the product pipeline. It's not built yet, but there will be some kind of tools for the master nodes as a group, not anyone, okay. and not someone in Dash core group but to have some policing capabilities on certain things. Uh, but for that, you would need consensus of the masters. That's what's yes. being discussed, it's not yet implemented. There, there is no, um, there's anything built yet, there's no decisions made, but it's, it's an ongoing discussion because you are right, uh, that could be problematic if someone tried to use the platform to build yes. things that could get the protocol in trouble and then what government does they just start connecting uh, they just start contacting the the server companies who host those websites they break through yeah, all the way they find where the where the website is hosted they contact the host and host takes takes the website down it is that simple and in your case you risk the whole network to be taken down only 4600 but 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 it's, it, but it's not that easy um, masternodes are pretty secure. When we uh, designed the masternodes, yes, okay, they were that was done with security in mind for masternode operators. Um, so the masternode can't really touch and can't really do anything. It's it's the protocol. So taking down one masternodes does nothing. One masternode does nothing. Taking down every masternode, it's simply impossible. Because well, they will keep popping uh, up. If, because if you, you could, you you can host them anywhere. Let's say I have a master node at AWS, Amazon, and I take it down for whatever reason. The Easy. Government, uh, contact, uh, contact contact AWS. Uh, say that you have you have this master node hosted on you. Uh, please deal with your client. And they will they will take down uh, they will stop the service for you, as you have breached some yeah. rules, and you'll be not able to open another account, uh, with with real documents, not, not, not with fake ones, not, and that is uh, that is a criminal case, and it is that easy. There are not that many hosting companies in the world. At, if if we look there, there, global scale, there are there are thousands everywhere. Yes. I would just close my AWS account. And I would open something somewhere else. And even, even if no uh, hosting company would take me, because yeah. I've already gone through the thousands of hosting companies around the world, I could just spin up a server in my home. It's, it's not ideal, but I could do that. Um, if I were in the US, then maybe they could come for me. But then someone in Russia would do it, and someone in China, and someone in Australia, and it's it's a decentralized network. I mean, they haven't been able to take down to 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 end with piracy. 
piracy is the, I mean, BitTorrent was decentralized. People were downloading movies and they were never able to uh, end that because you cut one head and another one appears somewhere else. It's whack-a-mole game. So um, I don't think they can take it down. Um, hopefully we don't need to uh, test that assumption. Just, just, just a question of security to the whole network, you know? Yes. Sorry. So it's very, it's, it's very difficult to take it down a network that is decentralized, can be a spin up anywhere, um, and someone else can take over because maybe they take down my server at Amazon and I get scared. But then I sell my coins. Someone else will buy them. Someone who is less scared. And if this was the problem, then we will deal with it at some point. But we haven't seen any problem with it. Think on the Tor network. The node operators are safe. They have no problem. Uh, I talked back then when we were thinking about master nodes. I talked with the Electronic Frontier Foundation, okay. uh, who works a lot with the Tor network and has educated law enforcement about Tor. And you can host a Tor uh, node in your house. You may eventually have because someone has used your node to exit to the internet and do something. But once they understand what you are hosting is store, you won't, they won't give you any more trouble because it's not you. It's someone using yeah. your uh, door node. Yes, uh, Fernando, your mic has changed. Uh, so from yes. your headphones. Uh, to... Let me... Yes. If you, if you, if you go, uh, there are settings. Our camera mic settings, and you can go and change your mic if you wish to. That that's that's this is this is really interesting point. This is really interesting point, and I I truly believe that human freedom will start when websites will be untouchable, like beyond beyond what is happening now. But sorry, your sound cut out a little. Can you repeat? No problem. No problem. Here you go. Here's a here is a thing, and then uh, you can fight with uh, peer to peer, but it's like cutting ahead of Hydra. No. Well, the fight with with torrent sites went qu quite quickly on. Quite, quite. It is so easy to fight torrent sites. So easy. You put two guys. You. You put two guys in the court, you make the cases public, you put one of them uh, on probation, another one in jail. That's it. That's it. Silence. For two, three years. Nobody will do anything. If that was so easy, why torrents are still a thing? Uh, that is what happened in Latvia. One guy went to jail. Everybody stopped. Simple. Torrents I are. still use torrents, of course, well, to download legal content. Now the people are back. Now the people are back. But if you really have to make a case study, that will be enough. I, I, I don't agree with that. I think torrents are still a thing because they have not been able to really take down uh, all search engines and torrent websites. And in any case, we are talking of something simpler because yeah. these were websites hosted on the open internet so they are much easier to take down when you are talking something completely decentralized what they were taking down were what they were taking down it's the websites that tell you where the torrent is 
they are not taking down the torrents because that's decentralized. That's there's no way to take down that. What they take down is the guide. It's the website that tells you here you have all these torrents. So they are not taking down the mechanism that powers everything. They are just taking down the 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 website that tells you how to do certain things. So I think that that's what would apply more here. I don't think. Um, you could take down a decentralized network that easily. Yes. And then a question regarding the scaling. Let's say somebody puts up image hosting service on the Dash network. Uh, that's unlikely because the fee structure is, go is defined to penalize usage of uh, a lot of space. The information is going to be stored in the masternodes. So uh, the platform is not designed to compete with Dropbox uh, or anything that ha gives you cheap hosting. Uh, because we provide extra things that Dropbox would give you. We provide the security trust list on all the things okay. that a blockchain can provide. So the fee structure is done. So storing something very small is extremely cheap. But then it's exponential. So we defend from someone creating something that is too taxing on the masternodes yes. with, with the fee structure. So if you try to do backups on the masternodes, it's going to cost a fortune. God, yes. And if somebody finds a way how to get in there going around, people always... No, there is... I mean, if, if your application uses... I mean, if you want to store the simple, the most simple piece of information, a one or a zero, that would be super cheap. What we want to do is that you store the things which you need integrity on, the things that are important. Uh, you could do an application to prove your identity or whatever, uh, some kind of, so, so you would just have that name there, that identifier, that's what you store there. The rest of the application runs locally. You just have the table in the database with the basic things that you really need to be um, controlled for integrity and that you need to store in a trustless way. So uh, you are not going to be storing movies in a master node. Storing a movie would cost you a fortune. It would not make sense. Oh, m movies, um, of, of course. No, I was just more, t more, more thinking regarding the images as they can pile up as they can pile up and yeah but again each image would cost you too much if you are not gonna pay a dollar to a store and i'm making the fee up yes. but um, even if it's low i mean even if it's ten dollar ten, ten, ten cents you are not gonna pay that for each photo it becomes prohibitive so you are gonna store information pieces that are light but are important for example, so we cannot create nothing heavy on the Dash network. The Dash you could are... have the heavy part run locally. Let's say you could create, um, let's go completely outside of the payments realm. Yes. You create a decentralized Twitter. In reality, the things that are important uh, I mean, the message is just a few text characters. It's something very simple. You would store that in the masternodes. But when you 
receive those messages locally, you store them locally. Uh, another case. Uh, so somebody would put up a map platform, for example, or it would be too heavy as well. Oh, it would be too heavy. Well, it depends. I mean, a mapping platform, maybe you, you have a map in your computer yes. and what you store in the network and that runs in your local application. But then your application checks the, the blockchain to retrieve the locations of hospitals because, um, or yeah, let's say you are in a, in a country at war and yes. then there is people uh, around the country that can report where the Red Cross has a tent that will attend you. But you don't want um, a malicious party reporting locations so they attract people there and then it's a trap and they are going to rob them, for example. So you need those locations to be trusted. So you could have people checking that and uh, pushing that information through the app and uh, then only those that get certain type of uh, reporting and a number of users confirm that that's really the Red Cross, then the application would only provide you those locations. But those locations, it's just a string of numbers. It's a latitude and longitude. Uh, and your map that is stored locally will put the pin in your map and say, hey, go here. Here, there's a doctor. Uh, and the location of the doctor is a, it's a piece of information that is critical that you get right. And then several people are reporting on that and you need uh, that that information, it's not tampered with. You don't want anyone altering the location of doctors because it's it could be life-threatening. So you need... Let's say 100, your application defines that only when 100 people report on the location of a doctor, it's going to get published, whatever. You can define that logic. But then when you run it locally, you get the locations of the doctors, and that's a tiny bit of information, what you have in the blockchain. It's just a string of numbers. So the application can be very complex. What you can't store is huge amounts of information, or you could do it, but then you're gonna pay for it. What I'm saying is I'm not gonna store my holiday photos, but maybe at some point there's some use case for a photo that is so important to you that you are willing to pay whatever is required. I can't think of a use case for that, but. Okay, Fernando, before the guy pulls off, uh, Alvini, Victor, if you are still watching, Type in something, please. And he's asking, how many businesses are accepting your cryptocurrency dash? Where can I pay with it? That Let me run a quick background story with him. That is a chain of vaping shops that cannot even use uh, BitPay just because they do sell some. Uh, CBD? Yes, CBD yep. products. And that's it. And where are they located? Ireland. Okay. And he just hates the fact that everybody in cryptocurrency is all about changing the future, creating dApps, doing this, doing that. Life is rosy and beautiful. But ordinary businesses cannot receive cryptocurrency and immediately transfer it into money. Well, crypto. Cryptocurrency is money. Some would say that it's better money than it, fiat money. 
But okay, uh, can I try to answer I, it? I, I, in, in this case, uh, Fernando, with all respect, I can say uh, people with fiat can live without cryptocurrency. People yeah. with cryptocurrency cannot live without fiat. Uh, I at, the, <laughs> at the moment. Uh, yeah, I, I was just saying that cryptocurrency is money. Although I do money. love cryptos, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, anyway, um, yes. how many businesses? It's impossible to give a, certain, a, a specific number because many of the people who accept that do so through payment processors. Yes. And payment processors don't provide their list of businesses because then that would be a guide for other payment processors to target their, their clients. So we don't have full knowledge of everyone who uh, accepts Dash. But we do know that in Discover Dash, which is a website of uh, businesses that report that they accept Dash, okay. there are a few thousand. It's discoverdash.com. There are a yeah. few thousand there. But then we've had some very big uh, payment processors integrating Dash. Uh, some of them claim to have even up to 20,000 uh, clients, businesses that now can accept uh, Dash. We don't have that list. I don't have a way to check that. I just know that many payment processors have thousands of clients and they accept Dash. So if you have to ask me how many businesses, I'd say more than 5,000, less than 50,000. I can't tell you nothing more do, specific. Do you, do you think so? Less than 50,000? 50,000 is a lot. Really? Yeah, it, it was is. a lot. It was a lot, but... I, well, look, I will accept Dash any time of the day. Any. <laughs> any time of the day. And almost every... Almost, By the way, almost, if, almost. if the vaping company, Alvini, if yes. uh, you need any help to accept cryptocurrency, just reach out. I'll put you in contact with the right people and the right solution. We can we can see what can be done there, but I'm absolutely really? certain that there is a solution. That would be amazing. For the last year, he has been struggling. And he just can't find a way to accept cryptocurrencies in a simple way. He doesn't want to learn about cryptocurrencies much. He's got his head all around the business and all the stuff. The, but the, he would love to take it and as, as long as it is done. There are ways. We have, yes. we have many new payment processors and POS solutions that take Dash. Exactly. I'm sure there will be one that can work with him. We just need to... Oh learn a bit more about his use case and i'm sure we can find something oh that would be fantastic uh, and what would be the best way for me to put you both together um he can send me an email fernando.org or reach out on twitter fernando okay um, and any of them i'll then we can we can discuss what the needs are and and we can see what's the best option <laughs> Okay, as he's one of the unhappiest guys in our community. As a business, he says, that's ridiculous. <laughs> let's, let's... Everything is, the world is supposed to be free and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's, unfortunately, there is no free ever. I mean, if someone builds something, they want to get paid. So yes. every cryptocurrency payment processor, application, whatever, they're going to charge something. Yeah. But... 
uh, a business owner usually happily pays a fee if that helps him secure a sale because unless they are crazy they are operating on positive margins so each sale is desirable so if you have to pay a couple points to secure a sale and be able to uh, get the money that's that's good money now a bit different question why do you need i usually hate these questions but well here it is no, it's, why yeah why well, need to hold dash and but not btc all well, their different uh, value propositions dash tries to uh, be a payments solution we believe cryptocurrency is only we believe value comes from utility. So we think in order for DAS to have value, you need to be able to do something with it, like with most things. Um, so uh, we are focused very heavily on payments. We want you to be able to use DAS on a day-to-day -day basis for whatever uh, payment needs you have. In the case of Bitcoin, they decided to move away from that. In the beginning, the Satoshi Nakamoto papers, paper, white paper, talks about a peer-to-peer -peer electronic cash system. Yes. That's payments. But now they've said, hey, that doesn't make any sense. We are going to be focused on being a store of value. And the value comes from the scarcity. I think that doesn't make sense. I think you need to be useful for something. Just being a scarce doesn't cut it. Of course, they have a huge first mover advantage. Uh, they are the original cryptocurrency. Uh, DAS is a fork of Bitcoin. We share a, bit, a big part of our code yes, and we yes. still do backports. So we implement many of the things they implement. We bring them to our blockchain because it's a great project for certain things. I just think that the value proposition they are going after, the, store of value the digital gold that's that sounds very good and i mean digital gold who doesn't want digital gold that's great but why what does it do if you can't use it for anything what value is it just because it's scarce do this with my red book can now it's unique it's extremely scarce you can't do it exactly like that but that doesn't provide any value if there is no utility there is no um, there is no value and I think um, the utility in Bitcoin has been reduced a lot by the insistence on moving away from certain use cases like the payments one and focusing on only the small block and a small number of transactions sending things off the chain to second layer solutions that don't really work well like the Lightning Network so in summary oh, it works absolutely fantastic what absolutely fantastic lightning network um, is absolutely brilliant awesome amazing uh, i have different experiences and i could yes. point you to many people who have had different experiences there are a lot of different implementations first thing is if it's not on chain you're losing a lot of the values that cryptocurrency rely on. You can't really check things. 
you need to pre-fund. You need to do a lot of things that, to me, make little sense. I think it's um, also even just opening channels and closing channels. Uh, that's multi-six transactions that are quite big with current block size. Uh, even if everyone wanted to open a, a, a channel um, in Lightning Network, they, they are not able to with current space. So it's a broken solution by design. It can work for very specific things sometimes, but you can't put all payments there. There's no way it can work. There's when you open a channel, you need to do a multi-sig transaction on the blockchain. The blockchain is always scarce. That I mean, if you are going to be opening closing channels, there's no way there's space there. Just that to me, it's a no-go. But uh, then the people who run the nodes, you need to trust they are uh, doing things properly. Uh, but I've seen a few decent use cases. But I mean, if I'm going to use a Lightning Network, I better use PayPal. I mean, it's it's this it's centralized. It's it it does it, it forgets much of the blockchain along the way. I heard that Bitcoin are actually working on on the implementation of DApps as well. And in that case, there's people well, well, doing things. Yes. In, in, yes, people are playing out with there's everything. People, there's people see. building things on the Bitcoin blockchain. Uh, but it's less flexible than other options. There's people that say that Bitcoin can do everything, and there are people building things, but I don't think, I mean, most of the building is happening in Ethereum. That's, yes. that's a fact. And um, I don't think there will be just one blockchain. There will be many, because like, like fiat currencies, each of them has different characteristics and uh, values and for and you you would use them for different things so I don't think it's one or the other uh, I think you could make the case for having both for certain things for having many more I think there will be many successful blockchains for different things I think that will be one of them. I believe that is best for payments than anything else out there right now. That doesn't mean that someone won't do something better. That's perfectly possible. I think that is better for payments right now than any other. Uh, much better than Bitcoin and much better than all the other blockchains that claim on payments. And the usage of um, Dash is growing consistently more than other um, blockchains. So I believe the market is seeing that and I think we'll keep that, um, that will keep happening in the next quarter, in the next few quarters at least. I did hear that maybe three, four months ago that there was this fund uh, what, what what are they called, the, those big funds uh, who take hedge pension? Uh, yes, I think that was a hedge fund who were investing heavily in Dash. I don't know. Was, 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 was that just a rumor or what was there? Well, I mean, the only thing I can come up with, and that's not a hedge fund, it's... Uh, or, or not a hedge fund, not a hedge fund, but... Fidelity, which is... Um, Fidelity, you mean? Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, Fidelity owns a percentage of a business 
called uh, Neptune Dash, which is a company in Canada no, that yes, hosts yes. masternodes and pay the rewards and gets the rewards. And they float on a Canadian stock exchange. So instead of buying Dash, you can buy shares in Neptune Dash and okay. you will be indirectly in holding Dash. And I believe uh, Fidelity owns a big percentage of the company, but I don't know exactly which percentage. Maybe so that's the case. only thing that yes. resembles what you are doing that I can think of right now, but there could be other things. Yeah. How many master nodes do they have? Uh, I don't know right now. Approximately. They, uh, a few tens, I think. A few tens. Yeah. So they, they have a few million invested in Dash. But uh, I don't know how many. No, I think that there was somebody else. Let, let me check for a second. Maybe I can give you that number. And now you just made me thinking about the depths. And if I cannot put a an application on Dash network, if I'm putting it, yeah, they have. I think they have around a hundred masternodes. Hundred the masternodes. Uh, then the, that, that 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 were them. Yes, the, that were them. Yes, hundred masternodes. Yes, I think that's that's already yes. Yeah, they, their market cap is uh, north. It's between eleven and twelve million dollars. So that would be around a uh, hundred and ten masternodes, assuming there is perfect match between the share price and, and Dash, yes. which probably is not the case. So around a hundred. Wow. Have you identified these masternodes? What do you mean by identified? Uh, have you identified these masternodes in the voting process? As oh. 110 votes, that's huge. Um, that is uh, huge. There is people analyzing voting patterns, and yes. they've analyzed, they found a few big uh, bags of votes. Wow. Um, I, I think they have like a couple, uh, I don't know if a couple big whales. One could be Neptune does, I'm not sure. I'm sure they, I don't think they vote. I think they just hold the master notes and get the rewards. I could be wrong. I think I saw their CEO say they were not voting. And only if their shareholders at some point express a strong desire in some direction, they would do that. Um, but I'm speaking out of memory. I could be wrong. I think they don't vote. Not a, wow. No. I, I would, if, if I did, if I was, if I was a shareholder of Neptune, a big shareholder, I would definitely hire a guy who would, who would come to, who would come to the board, would deliver the news and we would decide how we would vote on, on, on everything as it is a, directly impacts the price and performance that thing is um in order to vote you need to analyze the proposals yes. so that takes time uh, so you need I to hire somebody if a you lot have of master 110 master nodes then yeah a lot of master owners say hey uh, i like how things are going so uh, i don't need to do anything and i'm gonna save that time if things go in the wrong way, maybe I'll start getting involved. 
but if I like what I see, why bother? Uh, uh, especially when you are representing other people, uh, what you vote, it really should be what they say. So you would need to implement some kind of internal uh, governance system. It's not that easy. It's consuming and maybe it's easier to say I, I just won't vote. Uh, there is this third masternode company yes. called uh, CrowdNode. Um, they operate out of uh, uh, Northern Europe. And uh, I think they have around 30 masternodes. Last time I checked, it was like 27, 28, something like that. Um, and these are with people who have less than a thousand coins so they, they can have a masternode on their own and they invest smaller amounts and then this company pull those investors together and they they build masternodes and they have built uh, an internal governance system so all those small investors can vote in that internal governance system and that's then smart. they publish that vote to the blockchain so oh, that's, that's very smart. cool that, 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 but, that's that's very cool yes but that's a lot of work so uh, we should do this for 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 the uh, Latin community. Oh, so, yes. um, and I do I mean, like I do them. like that. Yes, you can check them. Uh, of course, the problem they have uh, is that you need to trust them because there is no way to build shared master nodes in a uh, trustless way yet. So you need to send your funds to a crowd node so they build the nodes. That's a huge leap of faith. If you have yes. 500 coins, you only have half a masternode, but that's $55,000 today. So if you do that, please do your own research. I'm not endorsing anyone here. Um, I'm just saying it's a possibility some people use, and then these people have built this very cool governance, sub-governance within their entity, so they can publish the vote, their 28, 29, 30 votes to the blockchain. Um, other entities that host many nodes could do something similar, but as far as I know, Neptune Das is not doing that, and they are not voting. That's but that's their prerogative. Also, there is no obligation to vote. Seriously, Master seriously, Fernando, I will never get to the to the Venezuela with Burger King. <laughs> let us let us stay here where, where we just were. Uh, and uh, so many questions arise. What is the situation with those companies who who offer mass node services? For people to come in, join. Uh, there are several to consider. Here. There are companies that yes. offer masternode hosting for people who have a thousand coins. Those people don't don't need to trust them. You have your coins in your wallet, and the hosting company just provides a server. You start it remotely from your wallet, so yes. there is no risk. You just pay, but instead of paying AWS and then installing Linux and installing the software, they will do all that for you, but you, and you are keeping your coins. The masternode is yours, so there is no trust involved. That, there are several companies doing that. Those are trustless. There is no risk there. And then there are several companies doing shared masternodes. Yes. Those, are, um, those require trust. And... Um, as such, I can't in good faith recommend anyone because they are not me. So I don't know. They could have, they could get hacked. They and, could. And, and people are just people. As yeah, well. exactly. So uh, I, I mean, 
there is people who want to take part in this with smaller amounts. And yes. because of that, we are currently discussing options to open this possibility for smaller amounts in the protocol in a trustless way. Hopefully that will get implemented soon. But today, if you want to do that, you need to go through one of these companies that has some risks. Um, and that's something that you, only the owner of those funds can decide on. Soon we'll have something trustless. We don't have it right now. Um, if you want to do that, that's your prerogative. Also, there are, comp there are exchanges now that are offering DAS staking, which means that they build masternodes in the background and they pay you the rewards. You don't get voting, but you get the rewards. Um, there are a couple of smaller exchanges doing that, but Kraken, for example, has already announced it. Kraken offers a Tesos staking, okay. but if you go to their staking page, they, you, you see Tesos already going on, and they say Dash coming soon. So I don't know when soon is, but maybe if you trust Kraken, you could do something like that. Um, you get the rewards uh, through an exchange. Um, there will be others that will offer that. Uh, BitGo, which is not an exchange, but it's a very high, highly trusted custodian out of the US. Okay. Many of the big exchanges work with them. They do DAS masternodes. They don't work with individuals, except it, unless you are very wealthy and then with you, they, they can work if you have a lot of crypto and they will provide you personalized solutions but they work with exchanges. So there are exchanges that use BitGo in the background to provide this staking service. So there will be more of these lately. There are a, lot of, a lot of them are popping up. So there are different grades of trust, but even an exchange, that's a third party you are trusting when you send your funds to trade, not your keys, not your coins. Absolutely. This is so, not what you are saying. I'm just thinking, God, when people start sending Dash to so hopefully we'll have something trustless relatively soon. We are discussing some changes in the economics of the DAS protocol. Uh, the discussion was opened in December uh, by Ryan Taylor, DAS Core Group CEO. Mm -hmm. And we have some community discussions going on. We'll, we'll do some proposals to the network so the network can decide how things can go. These changes can go uh, in several directions. Probably we'll see it different block reward allocation if the if the network agrees because right now we have 40 for minus 45 percent for uh masternodes and 10 percent for the treasury but that's a random percent uh, not random but that's a very specific percentage that we decided to implement back then and maybe it's not optimal so we are discussing what would be the optimal equilibrium maybe something needs to be dynamic the treasury maybe needs to be dynamic because 10 percent fixed it's not optimal. It's not the same 10% of, uh, the, of, of the blog reward when DAS is worth 100 or 1,000. So maybe if it goes up a lot, we need to decrease the percentage. But if it goes down, we need to increase it so the teams that are working can still pay for their bills. So the, these are discussions we are having at this time. And one of the factors there is how we make it easy for smaller people to get involved with DASH for people, not small, people with smaller stakes of Dash, with smaller amounts of coins, how they can get involved in a trustless way. So we hopefully will implement something very soon. What do you mean by the word trustless? 
that you keep your funds in your wallet, your keys, your coins, that you can maybe open your Dash wallet and say, let's lock this 100 Dash for a masternode, uh, like you do with a 1,000 coins for a masternode, and then in the background, someone will use those coins to create a masternode, and then they will send to you 10% of the reward that that masternode gets for or a slightly smaller amount because they need to run the masternode and pay for some expenses. So there will be a way for people to lock funds in their wallet, never lose control of those funds, but still take part in the masternode in a complete trustless way because they don't need to send the funds anywhere, which is the problem with these companies or exchanges offering a staking. You need to trust a third party and that's never a good idea. Well, no, uh, never is a very strong word. Some people are terrible with their security. I mean, I've seen people lose funds that probably would have done better if they have kept them in a, in a third party exchange that is good. Although, I, I, I mean, that gives me cringes just to say that. But um, can you, can you everyone... give us a sample? Sorry? Can you give us a sample of a real case? No, what I'm saying is people with cryptocurrencies, you become the ultimate guardian of your funds. And not everyone is prepared. I've seen people lose funds. I've helped people retrieve funds when they've lost, they've, when they thought they've lost it. They've lost them. There's many situations and many people who have lost funds because, hey, I didn't know that I could not recover my password. I didn't write it down. Now, how do I recover it? I'm sorry, you don't do that because there is no centralized party that will create and that will help you recover your funds. So in cryptocurrency, it's very education is very important. But unfortunately, um, accidents happen. So sometimes people in crypto loses funds, lose funds. And for those people, maybe at some point, for some of them, a centralized solution would be better for a small amount of money. Uh, they didn't bother to educate themselves because they only had a hundred dollars. So why I'm gonna go through all these problems with these passphrase that I need to write down and yeah. store somewhere safe yeah. or whatever? It's just a hundred dollars, and then they lose the funds because they forget their password or their pin code or whatever. So maybe some of those would be safer in a centralized solution. That's what I'm saying. That I mean, never is a very strong word, and I usually say, hey, you need to store your coins yourself. Um, if you have any significant amount, I would recommend a hardware wallet because that's safer. That that's very safe and very easy. But still, not everyone will will do that. So some people who are careless with their computer and use the same password everywhere and things like that. That kind of people are not prepared to keep their own keys. So that's why I'm saying for most people, the best solution is their own wallet and get educated. But if we are being realistic. Maybe some people are better at the centralized exchange, although that also has its risks and some get hacked regularly. But others have a very pretty good track record. And in fact, institutional investors usually are not allowed to store their own coins. Institutional investors like uh, they do with bonds or stocks or anything, they need to, be, to pay for custody to someone else so someone's problem is only security and they need to pay that person to just do security because they have procedures for that. So um, I've seen 
that's why Bitcoin exists because some people uh, prefer to have their funds stored by someone whose skill is security. And I'm an investor, I'm an institutional investor, and I'm not trained as a, a computer security, security guy. Yeah. So it's better if I uh, pay this company that specializes exactly on this and they store the funds for me and they have insurance and, and they are only going to get insurance because they are very good at this. That's, that, that's, that is a good point. That is a good point. So, what is with Venezuela? What is going on? And congratulations on Burger King. Oh, thank you. Um, uh, many things are going on in Venezuela. As you know, it's a completely failed economy. So, um, the local currency is very weak. In parallel, the government is trying to push their own crypto, which is not really a crypto, the petrol, and they are creating yes. it from out of thin air. So, but it, it's good because they are educating population at least a little on crypto and they are raising awareness. So we have local teams doing a lot of things. Uh, it's still very small and very early. Some people say, hey, you're lying. There's no, there's no crypto everywhere. And I completely agree. There is uh, some crypto more than in other places. There is definitely more awareness, definitely yes. more adoption. Uh, it makes more sense than in most places. So hopefully uh, that will keep growing. We are doing a huge effort to work on that. How many Dash users in Venezuela approximately? Can you count? Uh, there is no way to know because uh, the blockchain doesn't tell you where someone is uh, doing a payment. You can't know the geographic location. Dash wallet, uh, Dash wallet downloads via Google's, uh, via Play Store and iOS. Okay. Uh, I in, think in, last number uh, was you are targeted ones. Yeah, I think it's mostly Android in Venezuela, and um, I think we were. I don't remember the exact name right now because oh, it grows a lot. Of course. But it's between uh, fifty thousand and seventy thousand. I think. I think last one I remember for certain is fifty thousand. I think we are above that right now. I don't have the number top of mind, but it's below a hundred thousand, above fifty thousand wallet downloads active wallets in venezuela android wallets that's android wallets yes yeah. you you cannot count ios no we can count them but yeah. it's it's uh, it's it's negligible compared to android okay uh, of, co of course in, in, yes in, if we, if, yes okay. so android rules and... in venezuela and a question i've heard fernando that Venezuelan government doesn't like crypto. Like, they have banned the Bitcoin or no, that's, something? That's not the case. They... Or some rumors or something. They are pushing crypto law. They, yes. they are a weird government, but uh, there, is, there is no ban. Uh, they've... Um, in fact, the Petro wallet Petro is their local cryptocurrency they are trying yes. to push. It, accept, it, it, it accepts Dash. And how does it work? I'm not sure. I, I haven't used it. I, 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 I don't dare to say. <laughs> Petro. Oh, I should create a Petro wallet. I want, I want a, one Petro. How much, <laughs> how much is it? 
I, I don't have a clue because it's a very, it's it's very illiquid. When people get Petro, they try to sell it immediately. There's no market. Uh, it's it's not a liquid cryptocurrency as you would understand a cryptocurrency. It's a very different thing. They're trying to build it. I don't think they will succeed. But in the meantime, they will help us educate people on crypto. That's great. And so what is the story with, um, with Burger King? Um, there is a pilot uh, in one barbecue to be expanded to the other 40 locations in the country. Okay. It's done through a DAS partner, a crypto buyer. In the, for some time, it's going to be DAS exclusive, and then they will open to uh, other cryptocurrencies because we've helped a lot with uh, this deal. So uh, because of that, they are going to do it that's, that's classy for exclusive for, I think, six months. So now they are testing, accepting just and only Dash payments or Ether and Bitcoin as well. No, I think in the pilot, it's several coins, but one yes. day, once they deploy to the other locations, it's going to be Dash only for six months. Dash only for six months in uh, 40 locations. Yeah, the 40 marketing locations in the country, if the pilot goes well. So does it mean that it is within borders of, like, not within borders, you would say, that is one franchise network, franchisee, probably. No, uh, that's all Burger, Burger King says are... it's a franchise. Yes, is it? Uh, I don't think it is there. Uh, well, if it is, anyway, this is all the Barca Keys in Venezuela. There are only 40. Only 40, okay. Yes. Yeah. Such a rich country. Just... Now, I, 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 I could never understand that. Never, ever understand that. Such a, <laughs> such a rich, rich, rich country. And yeah. Americans can say whatever they want to. Americans say, oh, corrupt government. Come on, show me one government that hasn't been corrupt. One. Well, Everybody the problem has there is not corruption, is socialism. That's the problem. Maybe, maybe. They've destroyed the economy because they tried. I mean, there is no socialism, communism success case in the world in the last century. So maybe that is a failed system. If, ne working. if it never works, maybe it's because it's broken. Ch Ch China is working fine. Uh, Sweden is socialism more than we would ever think. Not I mean, that China not, 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 uh, not is there, but yes. I agree economically. It's a success that you can only reproduce in under very specific circumstances. And I don't know, they have so many big problems there also with population. And and what you have in Sweden has absolutely nothing to do with what you have in Venezuela. Sweden is a democratic country yes. with, yeah, it's social democracy. It's not socialism. And yeah, again, it's... But, but then there is there is not a central authority <laughs> that, that makes a decision or the I mean, army general It's a democracy, which yes. is a good start. Um, it's completely different. There's been a lot of changes in Sweden. They, they, they decreased access from the crazy highs they had in the 80s. I think they went up to 90% on income tax for certain brackets. They, they went that much lower because they understood that that was not 
working. And now yes. they have some uh, free market policy. They have many free market policies over there. It's not, I mean, I, I, I would strong, strongly oppose the idea that Sweden compares in any way to any other social, to, to Venezuela. Of course, no, of course, of course. But in essence, it is a socialism. In essence, there are liberties. There are liberties, and, and the state doesn't own everything. You, it just means in, in Sweden, uh, we, we, you we, have we, high taxes, and, and a lot of services provided by the country. We are talking about socialism. That doesn't mean that the, the government controls the economy. It's a free economy. It has nothing to do with what they are trying to do in Venezuela or Cuba or yes. what we had in um, uh, in Russia in in the past. Yes, okay. Sweden is that, a that, 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 that is, Yes, that is a different that is a different topic. And re returning to Venezuela and Burger King and if this so how these tests are when did they start those tests? Sorry? When did they start those tests? Uh, when did they start testing, accepting cryptocurrencies? In Burger King? Yes. It was a couple of weeks ago, I think. A couple of weeks so ago. Very early. Any data? Uh, not yet. I would love to be able to, to buy something in the Burger King with cryptocurrency <laughs> over here. Yes. That's not healthy. Oh, come on. Once, once yeah, in a while, that's absolutely fine. Absolutely. I, I, treat, I, I eat crap all the time, but <laughs> um, it's, it's not the best food you could have. Well, if you go for, for, for a while. And yeah. Plus, it is, it is tasty. You have to admit, it is tasty. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, I, I love meat. So, and what, is, what are the plans for the... Are, are there any... Any possibilities for for Burger King to start accept cryptocurrencies globally? Uh, that's very early to say. Uh, this is just something that is happening in Venezuela because Venezuela has very specific conditions. Credit cards work terribly, uh, cash works terribly, so they need new payment methods. I don't think uh, we will see uh, cryptocurrency acceptance in Burger King anytime soon outside of Venezuela. If it grows well in Venezuela, maybe we'll see something at some point, but just not yet. I'm going to need 30 seconds. Okay, of course, of course, of course. Awesome. Awesome. No problem. Take your time. Take your time. Take your time. I need to plug it again. Good evening, good evening, everybody. Yes. Well. Oh. Oh, wow. 90 minutes are over. So. Now it is all up to you guys. Either we are slowly finishing the conversation or you have a question to ask, Fernando. I've got thousands of questions. So what about you? What about you? Would you like to ask something to Fernando? Okay, we're, we are good now. Yes. I'm, so, and I'm sorry, something yes. has let us, uh, let us, if we could go a bit deeper. So how the conversations went with Burger King who made these decisions uh, from both sides? I'm not privy to those conversations. Uh, they yes. happen between CryptoBuyer, which is a payment processor and exchange in Venezuela that has been a long time DAS supporter. We've worked with them for a long time. 
They are the ones providing the technical solution for Burger King. They were in contact with our business development team and they approached the local officials of Burger King in Venezuela. Yes, yes. Uh, but I don't know the exact content of those uh, conversations. What I do know is that when we approach chains uh, or We've, we've approached many different chains in Venezuela to try them, try to get them into cryptocurrency and that's more specifically. Yes. And they have a need for reliable payments. Um, you have to think that because of hyperinflation, people don't carry cash. I mean, you can see there are images on the internet. This big pile of cash won't pay for an orange or whatever. And that's true. And because inflation is so high, they can't print enough money. Uh, there's the denominations can't change that much so in the end people don't use cash because you would need too much cash and it would be too consuming and costly so how most people pay uh, credit cards are also difficult to manage in this environment because if you have a limit in in europe in your credit card maybe it's a thousand yes. euros okay. but with inflation rates that are in the thousands the thousand euros that you have today in your credit card tomorrow will buy 800 in value. And in a couple of weeks, it will be nothing. So um, they need, it's very difficult for banks to manage in this environment. So credit cards don't work very well either. Some people go buy groceries and they pay with three different cards, different parts, because their limits have been reached because they, you can adjust the limit in your credit card every day. And, but inflation, it's up in your limit every day. So um, that's a big problem. So credit cards don't work that well. So many people work, how many people work is with uh, wire transfers within the same bank. So you go okay. to a store yes, and they have accounts in five banks. So oh, are you, you serious? Have account are you serious? Wire yeah, absolutely. transfers. <laughs> and and, and, and you also have accounts in five banks. Oh. And Ooh, then, okay, which ones do you work with? Oh, okay, then uh, we both have this one. I'll pay you from this one. And then you make an, a transfer from your phone to their bank account. And because it's the same bank, it's instant. And then you can go because you've paid. That's how many people are working. So when you provide something that works like Dash, that's great for the business. So that's why if you, if you give them something that works, I mean, you are solving a problem. Cryptocurrency is not going to yeah. succeed if it doesn't so solve a problem and uh, DAS is solving a problem in Venezuela by providing reliable electronic money. Okay. God, I didn't think that they had to do wire transfers. Imagine yourself yep. going to the store, putting up your groceries, coming up. Please make yeah, and, and uh, and then you have three debit cards and you pay uh, $10 with this one, 20 with the other, because in reality, your, 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 your credit limit uh, was set in Bolivars. And, and then that, that's nothing a couple of weeks after that. Uh, also, the, the economy is becoming very fast dollarized. So people just hold dollars. Then there's cash dollars that are being used. So it's a very complex environment. There are like um, 10 different uh, dollar to Bolivar exchange rates, depending the official one, the, the one that you do in the border, the one that you do in. I mean, it, it, people get used to very weird things because they need to survive. But uh, 
that's not different to what happened in Argentina. Uh, not that long ago, and uh, I mean, Argentina is already back into double-digit inflation rate. Really? Yeah, last year I think they they, they had 30 percent inflation. It was crazy. Oh, I, I, th I thought that Argentina is actually one of the safe ones. Okay, and returning to Ven uh, returning to Venezuela, what is what is the situation with mining? Is mining legal? in Venezuela, as electricity is cheap. Oh, just give me a second. Yeah, yes, I'm going back. Argentina, the expected inflation at the end of the year in 2019 was 53%. Oh, God, I see this. Yep. Turkey also has double digit. Uh, there's many places where inflation is a problem and that breaks the financial system and that's where cryptocurrency can do a lot for the users. Again, it's still very early. I'm not saying that's solving Venezuela, but it's doing some it's 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 doing a very a few very interesting things and I hope we can do much more and help with remittances and with transactions because there's there's no working solution. Isn't that strange that the richest country, besides the richest country, the half of the continent drowns into debts and poverty? Half of the continent. It is. is, is, is isn't there, there could be a kind of coincidence? Could be. Uh, well, I think we have a very... I mean, economies that have been mismanaged for a very long time. Uh, I read sometime that um, countries that are resource rich are usually mismanaged because if there's nothing else, because that concentrates everything a lot and a few people can make uh, decisions and corruption is very easy to create and just give, give me give it, me it doesn't distribute the wealth okay. I mean, fernando in this case please give me one sample of of muslim country that has got these issues just one sample that hasn't got war of course once the war store starts well yeah white, uh, white, yeah. white, white people pocket pocket the money uh, usually they're white let, let us admit it but no, the Muslim yeah. countries are fine. Well, I mean, they have so much war that they are broken anyway. I mean, Yemen is broken, Iraq is broken. Uh, in Iran, you have a very high inflation and a broken economy. You could argue it's because of sanctions. Um, I don't, I mean, it's, it's a very long conversation. Yes, absolutely. But there, yes. there are many countries in the world that are broken, and I don't think it's... Uh, okay. Latin America specific, although Latin America has a terrible track record in managing economy. Well, uh, so returning to Venezuela and mining, is mining legal? As far as I know, these are, yes. These are another rumors I've heard. Yeah, I think there was some pushback at some point because their electricity grid the electric grid is terrible. They've had a lot of, um, basically all their engineers have fled the country. 
So they can't maintain the electric grid, their electric grid. Their plants are stopping and they, they can barely make them work. So they've had a lot of very long blackouts that have lasted for days. By the way, during some of those, DAS was still working because there is an, an SMS text-based wallet. That's awesome, yes. And uh, there are some generators around, so some antennas yes. were still working and the phones were charged. So there were, there's a couple cool videos during one of the blackouts where you can see people paying with SMS with Dash, which is great. But without electricity, cryptocurrencies are, are really in a very bad situation. But anyway, uh, some of the blackouts were blamed by government officials on miners that were using so much electricity really? that the population could not have their own electricity. So there was some propaganda around that, yes. but I yes. don't think they ever got to ban mining. It's possible that they closed some mining farm because uh, the grid was super weak and they needed to reduce electric consumption. I mean, Venezuela would, need, would not be the place I would choose to do any kind of a business like a mining farm because you don't have uh, the basic uh, legal framework to be safe. Uh, but I think that there is still mining. I can't speak with 100% knowledge. As far as I know, it was not banned, but there was some pushback because they were being blamed uh, of the blackouts, which of course make no sense. I mean, we were talking plants coming down and then not enough engineers to make them work. We have two Latvian companies that sell containers. And one is based in Latvia and another one is based in, uh, in, in Ireland. And I've got, I got interested in, in, in containers and then I, have, then I did hear that maybe it was from them or maybe from somebody else that there are actually few container farms in Venezuela. I was really curious how was it going for them as, um, as, as that was one of the places with the cheapest electricity in the world. Yeah, um, but it, it, to see her. Yes. Yeah, the energy was basically free. Uh, gas for your car is basically was basically free. It was I mean it was negligible. You could fill the tank for a few cents of a dollar. Yes. Uh, I don't know. I, I heard or I read they were thinking about some taxes on gas and like that because they are always trying to raise money from the population. I don't know what's the price right now, but it's extremely cheap. I mean, it's probably cheaper to get gas than bottled water. Okay. And how many merchants have you got in Venezuela accepting Dash? At this point, registered in Discover Dash, there are a bit more than a thousand, I believe. Thousand, one thousand, wow. Okay. It's difficult to keep track. There were much more. But uh, I know the people that were managing this directory decided to do a big cleanup because there were many uh, listings there that were not really businesses. I mean, um, if a lawyer accepts Dash, is that a business that accepts Dash? I mean, it's not a business that is open 
in the street. So there were discussions that, hey, if, if I can't reproduce that payment or I can see it. So they, they just left, um, they just left uh, the businesses that are open to the public. So there are around a thousand. Also in an economy that is so broken, obviously you have a very high business mortality. So many, there, there are businesses that accept us and then disappear. And then others accept us and don't report it to discover us. So it's somewhere above a thousand, but I can't give you a exact number. Um, and then what we are also focusing, lately, instead of just raw number of merchants, what we are trying to do is build a complete use case. So we are focusing on remittances from other countries to Venezuela. So we'll work with Venezuelans in Mexico or the US, or Spain or Colombia or Brazil. Yes. And we'll teach them how to send us to their relatives in uh, Venezuela. And then the relatives can decide if they spend it or they exchange it or whatever. But we're trying to build the full flow of the, of the coin. So and it's not just merchants accepting that. that that's, that has no value if no one uses it. So we are working in parallel um, on merchants, but also on the users and the things that need to be done. So people then go to those merchants and use that for payments. So we are working on remittances. We are working on um, um, many ways to send DAS into the country because uh, many million Venezuelan uh, Venezuelans have left in the last few years. Um, I'm talking like three million, three, four, five million. It, it's difficult to get accurate numbers, even from uh, the UN or things like that. But um, we're talking to the millions in a country that had 30 million people. A, a big percentage of the population has fled the country. That's extremely sad because that, it's not. Very sad, yes. It's not because they want to. It's because they can't earn enough money to survive in their own country. So they need to go abroad, work in whatever they can find, and send some money home so their mother can eat. That's that's the the the, the reality of some of them. Others are in a good situation, obviously, in, every, in the 30 million country people, there's all kinds of cases. But if you see images of the Cucuma uh, border pass to Colombia, usually those are the poorest ones. They, they are the ones that leave the country walking because they have nothing. They are carrying everything they have with them. And, and with all the risks, like human trafficking and everything yeah. and crime, oh my God. Yeah. Because those who fly to the U.S. at least had the money for, for a plane ticket or to Spain or, or even to Argentina. But usually the, the farther away they go, usually the, the wealthier they are. Not always. But, but uh, the, the Cucuma border pass to Colombia, um, there's been some uh, documentaries telling what you can see there. And it's, it's a drama. There's also Venezuelans crossing to buy things in in, in Colombia and then going back, but that changes from time to time because sometimes there are shortages of things in Venezuela. In other times there is no shortages, depends a lot on how the, the, the government is doing with uh, um, reserve currencies and trade and things like that. But uh, the, that border pass is a human 
disaster. Nice, nice. So what about this comment? Can you see? Fernando. Uh, yeah, now someone got to put DAS on a mesh network, especially in Venezuela today, local mesh was mentioned on Cointelegraph. Yeah, that'd be amazing. What, what, is, what is mesh network? Mesh network is a decentralized internet. Um, instead of you connecting to your ISP, you have okay. nodes, and you could maybe connect into nice. um, your neighbor, and your neighbor would be connecting to his neighbor, and then at some point there would be an exit to an open internet. But a mesh network doesn't rely, it's not as centralized, so it's more resilient when something bad happens. So oh, that'd be amazing. Wow. And I've, and I've got actually a mesh network in, in Venezuela. No, they, they, they say that now some, oh, now someone got to push that. Yes, yes, yes. That, that's that how, I had read it wrong. That, that's amazing. I'm, I'm going to read about that right away. Wow. Thank you. Thank you for the comment. That, that's really interesting. Yeah, Studios is a, the guy that has written this comment. He's been a long time DAS supporter. Um, that's very good. And yeah, I, I have not read that today. I've been back to back meetings most of the, of the day. So, what DASH are doing towards the decentralization? As one of the attacks towards the DASH is saying that, well, you can say whatever you say, but Dash is not truly decentralized. Well, it is. I mean, the people that say Dash is not decentralized, they say, hey, there are master nodes. It's like, yeah, it's a different class in the network that does something. And it's pretty decentralized itself. We have like 45, 4,600 uh, master nodes. And these people that study voting patterns and things like that, um, and uh, they claim that they believe there are around 1,200, I mean, 1,000 or 1,200 master owners. To me, that's pretty decentralized for just one layer of the network. Then the miners, uh, it's, you have the same problems that Bitcoin has. There is some centralization there, but that's another layer. Oh, yes. In terms, yes. Of, mm -hmm. in terms of development, Dascore Group competes with all the other projects for funding. There is no privilege. There is no central organization that gets any funds. We have to make our own proposals and compete with anyone else that makes their own proposals. So there is absolutely no centralization there. And in fact, this is not something I'm saying myself. Uh, last week, the Cryptocurrency Rating Council, which is an organization started a few months ago by some leading cryptocurrency businesses like yes. Coinbase, Kraken, I think Binance, I think it's that, uh, BitGo. If you've them, they study different protocols to rate them in terms of how likely is they are a security. And centralization is a big factor there because if you are centralized, you are more likely to be a security than if you are not. Uh, well, they published their rating for Dash last week, and okay. it was a one, which is the best uh, rating you can get, meaning it's extremely unlikely that Dash is a security. And they only provide that rating to those that are completely certain that they are not going to, I mean, almost certain that they are not going to be considered security. Only Bitcoin, Litecoin, Monero, um, and I think Horizon uh, had uh, got the same grade, and now Dash, which is no security at all. Ethereum has a two. 
Um, EOS has 3.75, I think. So, I mean, these businesses, this council has a studied dash and they've yes. come to the conclusion it's as unlikely to be considered a security as Bitcoin. And one of the factors is that it is completely decentralized. So people can claim otherwise, but they should prove those claims and there is no okay. support for those claims. Okay, let us, let us, let us break it down, please, uh, Fernando. So master nodes, 1200, well, that's good. 1200 master node holders. Yeah, around that. Is, that, that is, in, in, hum, in human understanding, that is decentralized enough. Yeah, that I, is, yes. yeah of course, if, if, if there were a million, that would be better, but uh, 1200 is very decentralized. Of course, I can't prove that number because no one knows who's a master. I mean, yes. I, you don't need to register or, or provide any kind of information to become a master node. So, okay. yeah, it could be, uh, I mean, these people that claim that DAS is centralized because the master nodes are centralized, they say, oh, whoever has millions or thousands of master nodes, there is no rationale behind that. There is no proof. Okay. Of course, I can't prove that there are a thousand master nodes because they don't need to register anywhere. But if you analyze voting patterns, the age of the different master nodes, the places where they are hosted, all that, I mean, every analysis you make brings you around that number. So okay, let us, let us, let us start, let us start step, by, step by step. So master nodes are safe. Yes, only the rich guys can get in. That's fine. Life is not fair. Next, next part, mining. What about the mining pools? What about the mining power? There is some centralization there. That's true. But so, 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 so there is in, in Bitcoin. Yes, mining, yes. mining is a business that tends to be centralized because yes. access to machines on time, it's key. So and plus uh, pools, the culture of pools is too huge. Yeah, but also, I mean, ASICs are manufactured by a very reduced number of companies. So those close to those companies usually get them before and they concentrate and they, 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 they make the profit. So a new ASICs gets released and someone gets most of them. And, and, and yeah, we have, uh, it oscillates, but if you take the three, four, two biggest pools at any time, between two and four, depending on the time, you'd get 51%. However, wow. centralization, I mean, Bitcoin is the same. Bitcoin, in Bitcoin with two or three pools, you have 51%. However, that in Dash is not that important because we have chain locks. So even if a miner had 51%, they could not reorganize the the blockchain like they could do in Bitcoin because we have that because the master nodes keep a check on and they need to sign on the blocks. And last time I was here, we talked about chain locks a lot. It's uh, mm -hmm. uh, yes. basically it, it's 51 mining percent protection that is done by the master nodes. So the master nodes keep the miners in check. So even if a miner could have 51 percent hashing power, they would not be able to reorganize the, the blockchain, which is the risk of a miner having 51% of the hash power. In that, the miner could not do that unless they also controlled at least 51% of the um, of the masternode layer, okay. which then you are talking that besides controlling the masternodes, you need to control a huge percentage of the circulating supply to do that so that's okay. basically impossible 
Okay, let us so master nodes safe. Miners are safe because of the master nodes. That's good. Then the next thing, uh, who manages the programmers? How many programmers have you got working at the moment, being employed uh, by the Dashcore? Dashcore group has around forty contractors. Some of them are part time. Um, yeah, some of them are part time. So. Uh, Full-time resources, probably it's more around 30, 30-something. 30 uh, around 80% of those are in engineering and operations, meaning okay. coders, um, scrum masters, uh, infrastructure, um, the people that really build the product. And then around 10, 20%, and the headcount bar changes. But do, they work, do they work from home or do they work in offices? Yeah, yeah we are we are we are distributed around the around the world. We do some uh, meetups for developers so they can work yes. together for a few weeks. In the last few days, some of them have met in Indonesia. Um, but uh, we were decentralized around the world. Um, on, but that doesn't make it centralized. Uh, the fact that Dasco Group exists because Dasco Group could disappear tomorrow. And that would be completely okay for the protocol because some of the team would be able to make a proposal, get funding, and keep developing, or even for free if you want. But uh, the thing, I believe in economic incentives, and I think people who work on something need to be paid. If you don't have an economic model for that, that won't happen. In that uh, protocol, we have 10% of the blog reward is reserved towards the treasury, and with that treasury, you pay the teams that are working for DAS. So right now, Dasco Group gets a big part of that treasury, and that's a big part of the development of the protocol. There are some external developers also. We hope that will increase with time, but anyone could come and request funds and maybe get funded and develop whatever. We don't have any special privilege, so there is no centralization there. By design. So, so once again, who manages these programmers? Uh, that's for group, and there's a management layer there, um, which I'm part of. Uh, yes. So we define uh, what are the requirements or what we want to, we have a strategy and a vision of where we want to get. So, 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 so who, who comes up with the strategy? Uh, it's, uh, I mean, you ultimately is the CEO of Dashcore group. Okay. Uh, usually done with. Uh, management, but also Dashcore Group is owned by the network. So um, it's not a private company. It's a, okay. it's a private company registered in the US, but it's owned by a New Zealand trust that is owned by the masternodes. So you could argue that Dashcore Group is as decentralized and replace the management in Dashcore Group tomorrow. They could fire all the board and replace it with whoever they wanted to give how 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 because the master knows let, let, let us let us uh, fernando let us put put up this case yeah so master knows go to some to some website and say hey the ceo should leave now and ceo's like i couldn't care less of your website i'm still working what what can I do? Uh, he he yeah. still has got like Let me get into that. They can fire him. They can do it because um, master nodes elect. There is an election process every okay. year for something we call the trust protectors. 
The trust protectors are people that uh, overview what the DAS trust do and can act in the name of the trust. The trust owns the shares of DAS core group. So as the owner of the shares, 100% of the shares are owned by DAS core group. So the trust can fire the CEO because they are the owner. They can fire anyone. Well, they can fire the board, the whole board and replace it. So, what, what, the, so sorry, once again, how was it called? The, tr the, the DAS the guardians. Yeah, the, the protectors of the trust. They are yes. elected by the masternodes. They are, there is uh, five of them. They can make decisions and instruct the uh, trustee, who is the person that works in the trust, to legally, in the, because the CEO is a very, and the board is appointed, it's a legal position with certain yes. obligations. And the shareholder can replace the board. So the shareholder, which is the DAS trust, can fire the board. So if masternodes vote to instruct the protectors, to instruct the trustee to fire the board, they can do it. And where these uh, protectors are? Australia, states? Sweden, they are distributed around the world. I believe there is a, there's a breed. There's a couple of Americans. There's a Dutch. Um, yes. Uh, no, there's two Brits, in fact. Um, two British people, two Americans, and a Dutch, I believe. But anyone can... Uh, are, are there lawyers? Or what? Uh, there's different uh, backgrounds. Anyone can run for a trust protector when the elections are open. We have something like 25 candidates with, from, from the DAS community and then masternodes voted and the five with the most votes got appointed and now they represent the masternodes in the trust and they make sure that the trustee which is the person signing the paperwork in the trust that could sign the instruction to fire the the board they make sure that the trustee does whatever the masternodes want so they could poll the masternodes and say hey should we fire the board and then if master notes say yes, they instruct the trustee and the trustee fires all of us because I'm in the board. God, that's smart. And no, seriously, and there's uh, nothing that, that, that's good. And, and so what about the website where people are voting, the master notes are voting, the platform itself, who manages yeah. it? That voting is hard. It, it happens through the masternodes. So uh, one website where you can do it, but anyone could build a website to do that same vote. It's just code and the protocol. It's the masternodes being able to sign messages with a specific content. I mean, with your private key, you can sign a message and send it to the network. So basically the votes are just messages that you count. And there are tools, uh, websites that will let you that will help you with the creation of those messages and then we'll tally the votes, but anyone could create those, it's pretty simple. So it's, it's the network that is hosting the votes. There could be tools to facilitate that, but you could also, you can do it from your wallet. So there is no centralization point there. So basically- Everything happens in the And money protects, you could say money protects money. 
your system is money protects money, circles yep. money protecting money. Yeah, the master nodes are the, the ultimate key to everything. Yes. And if somebody wanted to attack Dash network, they would just have to attack master nodes. And in order to get I, that, we have I'm around 50% of the coin supply is locked in master nodes. We have at this point 9.2 million coins circulating and around 4,600 master nodes. So that's 4.6 million coins in master nodes. So in order to control the master node layer, you would need to purchase 2.5, 2.6 million coins. That's so, so only, only, so only in basic, basically the risk is only on governmental level. That's it, nothing else. Yeah. But if you wanted to buy 25 or 30% of the coin supply, the prices would go through the roof. There is no coins in the market for that. That would be a pleasant problem to have. Yeah. <laughs> that uh, would be an absolute. If you, do, if you do that, you yes. have invested such a huge amount that why would you want to destroy it? I mean, you've bought the currency. So why do you say, again, yeah, you are right. The only, the only one that could do that is a government that felt threatened. Yes, governments, yes. Alliance of governments, yes. We get to the point where some government is willing to put hundreds of millions, even billions uh, of dollars to destroy Dash, uh, I'd say we are doing something well, and we are not there yet. We, we are not there yet. I mean, yes. uh, I think, maybe I'm naive here, but... Oh, well, Fernando, governments never put money in, in stuff like that. Well, yeah, but they've they've got they've no, got much much better means. Maybe I'm naive, but governments ultimately serve people. And I have a strong belief that cryptocurrencies are good for people. So I do agree. I, I do agree. So in the end, you can have governments that at some point oppose for uh, certain reasons. Many times it's just lack of knowledge and they think they are protecting their people from something that could harm them, which is not the case, but I can see that that could be their belief. But I think with enough education to governments and uh, making them realize of the benefits for the people, yeah, there will be some government officials that oppose cryptocurrencies because they threaten their way of life. But in the end, if that's the case and population realizes that cryptocurrencies are good for them, they won't allow for that. And then they will elect new officials that will do the best for them. In the end, democracy is not perfect. It's just the, the least bad system. Yes, yes. The, the system with the, with, the, with the fewer problems. But it has some checks to keep governments and in place and if cryptocurrencies are good for people like i think they are governments will not fight them forever okay and salik is asking is it live no this is not live Salik, no 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 <laughs> and so before the big before the big, uh, the big rise, there was a situation of dash price going down 
and down and down and down and down and it was quite horrible it was uh, we performed terribly during the bear market uh, we lost huge amount of value um, what was it 90 percent 85 no 90 90 a lot uh, high nineties. but again uh, that that applied to, to almost all altcoins yeah i mean every everyone had their own share of pain only bitcoin really performed much better than the others yes. but still uh, we performed worse than other projects around us um and i mean there are many possible explanations for that people can make all their theories uh, reality is no one can understand the markets but yes. recently we opened a discussion with our community as i said to change the economics in the dust network because analyzing that we saw that the system we have with masternodes and miners makes our movements more extreme we had a bigger pump than anyone yes absolutely uh, it started sooner than the other currencies. It started in early 2017. In fact, we peaked before the other currencies peaked. We peaked in December 2017. And the movement was extremely violent. We went from something like $10 in early uh, 2017 to 1500 $1,500, yes. In uh, late December or mid-December. So uh, it was much more violent than Bitcoins, for example. Bitcoin went from 1,000 to 20,000. Mm -hmm. The equivalent would have been 200, and yes. we did seven times that. So we were much more, we outperformed the market in the way up, and then we outperformed it on the way down. We downperformed it on the way down. And we believe that's because of how the network is set with miners and masternodes. They tend to accentuate the different movements. So we are we are exploring these these ideas around the economics of the network to try to make movements softer, and that would soften probably the rallies, but also the the the, the crisis, uh, because we believe a store of value is also an aspect that you need to take care of, and if we keep the economics like they are, we will see these kind of very violent moves up and down, and we don't think that's good for the project. So, um, yes, especially you are all in, in all in one crowd, all the cryptocurrencies are together. Well, I, I would say most of them. Bitcoin no, but, is in the game of their own. Um, I would say in, B and B is on, you, on the game of their own, and everybody yeah, else are together. If you check the numbers, yeah, we move in the, same, the others, but we move much more upwards and much more downwards. So um, our network is more violent because of the locked supply in master nodes because how miners behave because there's little liquidity there are several factors last year last year was horrible for dash when yeah. when some other when some other cryptocurrencies they managed to stop somewhere and to hold on to hold on yeah. for a month for two for three we we were calling it a sliding knife yeah, or it, sliding it, sword and it was just going down and down and down and, and many of us including me we stopped trading dash 
Yeah, I can. And believe me, for those of us who have savings in Dash, who make a living out of Dash, yes, it's been um, a terrible year also for, for all the people in the community who and hold And especially Dash. ordinary people. We, we can see, okay, the price is going down, down, down. That's fine. We can let the Dash go. But in your case, come on. Yeah. You're a chief managing officer. You're supposed to have Dash. Yeah, and I have. I mean, and, uh, um, I, I, I hold it through this yes. market, and it's been a nerve-wracking year. And it's, yes. it's silly to me. I mean, $100 for Dash, to me, that's their cheap. That doesn't make any sense. Uh, but I don't talk prices because it's difficult. I talk usage. I mean, what, what, I, yes. what I care about is the use of Dash. That's what I work for. I don't work to sell Dash. I work to sell transactions. I want people to use Dash, and then the price will come. But when I say that the, when I say that the prices, they're cheap, it's because I see the market cap that current price gives us and the projects that have a higher market cap. And to me, that makes no sense. I think that should be priced much higher because it's one of the very few projects that has a currency that is being actually used and that has a model that can grow and can work unlike many of the things that are in the space. So that's why I'm saying it's still cheap and I don't think it's uh, still where it should be. Obviously, I'm more, I'm much happier with Dash yeah. at 110 than with Dash at 40 or at 50, but I'm still not happy because uh, at this price, we are not yet where we want to be, because we are not yet where we want to be in many aspects. I mean, I, I, Usage is growing, but it needs to be a hundred times what it is now. That that's that's my focus. We have around uh, 15k transactions today, 16 economic transactions. There are more transactions that we we take out a few for those measurements, but we need to be doing millions of transactions. That that's when Dash succeeds. So this is just the beginning of a very long road. Then uh, let me show you another thing. Price is not the only thing where Dash are sliding, where Dash are losing positions. I remember when we did the first live with, with, with Dash Force guys, and then, uh, then Dash was at the position 11, I think. So now we are, uh, this is a trading view, yeah. but, uh, but again, coin market cap will be the same. And now cryptocurrencies are, uh, they are rated like from one from one and then they go down i remember we started dash was number 11 and now bitcoin ethereum so one two three four five six seven eight nine ten stellar so that's stellar finishes the top 10. yeah and now and now cardano tron monero and tezos ethereum classic even Ethereum Classic, with all the problems, with all yeah. the problems they have, they've got huge problems. I think yeah. they are unsustainable. Uh, and like, it, e, and Dash is number sixteen. How has Dash? How wh why Dash is lower than Ethereum Classic that has got fifty nine percent attacks? Like, 
people even haven't got a clue how many 59% attacks have been on Ethereum Classic. Ethereum yeah. Classic has received uh, donations from Buterik, from Vitalik. And, and uh, even the, yes. that's something you would need to ask to someone who buys Ethereum Classic. To me, that's a mystery. But regarding positions, four or five days ago, Daz was in 10th position. Right now, between the 10th and the 18th, there is like a hundred, couple hundred millions in market cap. A few days ago, that was 10th, then it went 12, back to 10th, 15, uh, 12, they're from Stellar to Chainlink, even Cosmos, they are all very close together and things are moving a lot. In and, the last few even, days, even, I've even, seen- Yes, even Stellar and Cardano. Come on, these are the products Cardano, uh, that, like, all, all the Cardano believers have lost their hopes. I haven't, I haven't met a single Cardano believer who still uh, who still loves the Cardano. And I've me, known few guys. Me, me neither. But uh, we are, when we are talking market cap, we are comparing things that are completely yes. different to each other. Okay. So uh, Thank you. coin market cap is just a multiplication of the last price and the coins that have been uh, minted. Uh, in coin market cap or trading view or whatever, you are mixing uh, mine, mineable currencies with non-mineable. You are, you are mixing uh, protocols that are quite centralized that have created a lot of coins, but they are, host, they are held by a centralized party. And in reality, they have never traded, uh, like in case of Ripple. So it's very unlike, I mean, it's a very artificial number that benefits certain type of uh, protocols. Also, um, you have uh, higher up uh, protocols like Bitcoin Cash or Bitcoin SV, which yes. started with a number of coins in a fork, in a contentious fork from Bitcoin. But many of those coins don't really exist. In fact, uh, and I don't follow Bitcoin SV a lot, but I read some, uh, Twitter thread a few days ago that basically said that something like 50% of the coins in the Bitcoin SV blockchain had never moved, meaning that uh, probably no one had claimed them after the fork, meaning that half of that uh, market cap is fake because th these are coins that don't exist, that no one has claimed that they, they, they are not there. And then some people are saying that Craig Wright is preparing a hard fork to claim those coins, whatever. What I'm meaning is that Bitcoin Cash, Bitcoin SV are different beasts. They, they started very high because they are forked from Bitcoin, but that doesn't mean that all those coins are real coins because okay. some have not been claimed. Uh, you have- uh, But then, then again, if, if a network has got less coins than like less usable coins, there are more dead coins than that, that's only good for the good for the price. Yeah, but that does. But that's a problem when you are calculating uh, the market cap like that, because if there are fewer coins, that's in the price. But then you are not considering that in the other factor, which is the yes. supply. But that should not be included in the in the market cap. I would absolutely, I, I would abs absolutely agree. But there's no way to there's no way to know how many coins. So what I'm saying is that coin market cap That's is a you. terrible terrible metric because we are trying to compare apples to bananas to tigers and cats. 
because there are protocols that are cryptocurrencies, there are protocols that are platforms, there are protocols that are both things, there are protocols that are so many different things. There are protocols with different inflations, so it's a very bad metric. Having said that, it reflects something. It reflects market performance somehow, yes. and losing position sucks because also it's what everyone looks at. So I'm not saying it's 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 not important. It is. But what I'm worried is not coin market cap or the ranking. What I'm worried is about the price and what it gives the project. Um, if others have another market cap, whatever, what I want is a very high DAS price. And whatever coin market rank that brings, that's great. But I can't control what the other protocols do. I, I can't even control what the DAS price does because the market is sovereign. But what I'm saying is market is a terrible metric. We did worse than others. We fell out of positions recently. We've recovered a lot. And in the last few days, we've been in the 10th position. That's still too low. To me, that is the best project out there. So it should be first. But um, but uh, yeah, now we are 15, 15 or 16, you said today. This morning, it was a different number. They, they are all very close in market cap. But again, we are comparing very different things. So it, I mean, it's it's like a sport. So it means nothing, but uh, it means. Well. It means something. That, that, that kind of means something, but but still, I I just don't get it. Stellar, mm -hmm. Cardano, EO, EOS. Okay, EOS with with all the crazy monies they've raised. Tron is uh, absolutely crazy as well. Uh, well, Ethereum Classic. Yeah, that one is that was is that one is puzzling for me. How much it pumps lately? Yes. But uh, why people buy Ethereum Classic? It's something you would need to ask those people. What are you thinking about? Again, not all coins have the same liquidity. These are very thin yes. markets, and there is a lot of manipulation. Uh, I read also the other day a very interesting thread about recent Bitcoin SV pump, which yes. I didn't have the time to check, but made sense. Basically, what it said is there is only one Bitcoin SV miner. It is Calvin something, this billionaire friend of uh, Craig Wright. Okay. So he's the only miner, in the only big miner in Bitcoin SV. So if, the, if he pulls out machines, it doesn't matter because he still gets all the coins. He doesn't lose money. So apparently what this guy said, he, he said he had been checking everything and everything checked. I, I, I haven't had um, time to check what he said. Yeah, it's, yes. we're getting it wrong. <laughs> Basically, he said Calvin took out some coins, uh, some machines from Bitcoin SV mining. It didn't affect him because he has still got the same number of Bitcoin SV coins. In fact, he got, and, and then he deployed them to mine Bitcoin Cash because it's the same algorithm. So you move, you move machines from Bitcoin SV to Bitcoin Cash. You get a number of Bitcoin Cash, which are basically free. Just, just, just imagine this, how it, uh, how it influences the security of SV. God. It doesn't because still, I, I, all I mining not, is controlled. I do, not, I do not judge. I do not judge any coin, any coin. Even Justin, even Justin's son is. You can do whatever you want. And for cryptocurrency oh, space, I just yes, go, carry go on. Let, let, let me finish how he explained it, including SV. Yes. So Calvin moves mining equipment from Bitcoin SV to Bitcoin Cash. 
Okay. He gets Bitcoin Cash, which is basically free because those mining, those those machines were running already for Bitcoin SV, and he has not seen any loss in Bitcoin SV because he still gets most of the new coins. So the Bitcoin Cash comes for free because it's machines that were working anyway. He sells that Bitcoin Cash for Tether, and then he uses Tether to buy Bitcoin SV, and with some timing with all the news release about yes, him, yeah. whatever, he pumps the price because suddenly he puts a lot of pressure on the market with all that tether trying to buy Bitcoin SV. And because it's a very thin market or more or less thin, he is able to pump the price. What I'm trying to say with this, I don't know if this theory is right or not. I haven't checked it. But crypto markets are highly prone to manipulation because they are very thin. For us, they are the world and they are huge. But reality is they are tiny. The volumes we see in CoinMarketCap are mostly fake, uh, was trading in many yes. uh, bad exchanges. So the volumes are much lower than people believe. So actors that know how to trade and are determined and have funds can manipulate the markets a lot. That's happened a lot. That's one of the complaints that organisms like the SEC have. It's like, hey, there's a lot of market manipulation. So all these jumps in prices uh, in all cryptocurrencies. I mean, I've seen Bitcoin pump 40% in a day. I've seen DAS pump 40% a day. Bitcoin SV has pumped 90% a day. Yeah, Ethereum Classic has pumped 30%. Those movements are not natural. I mean, nothing has changed from one day to the next one to justify those movements. Yes. So what that, what that tells me is that markets are an unreliable source of information. So ranking protocols with market information is highly prone to manipulation. Again, we all look at CoinMarketCap, we all look at the price. It affects us in all our everyday lives. But we are comparing very different things with very faulty tools. That's good. <laughs> that was really good. Fernando, thank you very, very much. You are such a pleasant guest to, to, and, and knowledgeable and knowledgeable. Thank you. And you it's and always you, a pleasure to come. Thank you. And you do take the inconvenient questions as well, really well. And yeah, Of course. I mean, uh, I'm here for that. Yes. And at IBF, we are here, we are here just to find the more, more and more information and to understand different cryptocurrencies. Of and course. Thank you. Thank you very much. And personally, I really hope that Dash will return to $40. Maybe I'll be able to have a chance to buy more of them. I hope you won't. Uh, I hope, uh, I mean, $40 was the best price to buy Dash. There was $60. I thought it would never go. <laughs> but then it's, God. No, that is as a joke. I, I really wish I all the best to the Dash community with all Thank your you efforts and so cool guys and Dash Force guys, German Mark guys, you are you are superb as well. And your new chick, Dash chick. What the people? Um, our community hasn't heard of her. What do they have to look look up? Uh, Sorry, I lost you for a second. You've got a lady. Blonde, a blonde, knowledgeable, absolutely magnificent smile. Yeah, Lise Robuk. Lise Robuk, yes. Yeah, I imagine and it's her. It's it's our chief product officer. 
She is the, the person in charge of the product organization. They design the product and uh, make the specifications for then the engineering team to, to build them. Uh, yes, it's outstanding, very knowledgeable. Um, yes. Yep, great. Uh, great uh, addition to the team. She's been with us for, I think, almost a couple of years. Great personality, consistent, and as, yep. as your master notes, as your master notes. Thank you. Thank you, Fernando. And till the next time. And please, if something comes up, do not hesitate to write me up. I'm, yeah, always, I'm always happy to take you guys on. It awesome. Is, and for us, it is so cool. You are, you are still one of the best, one of the very best cryptocurrencies in, in the world. In the world. Thank you, you very are. much. Thank you for having me and anytime you want. Have a good Thank night. You. Thank you. Bye. Good night.